0: Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Vayechi. Last Parsha Chazak, Chazak of Sefer Bracious, And we'll get right into it with the Zohar. No better place to start. The second Pesach of the Parsha, because Yaakov lives for <clears throat> his last few years of his life in Mitzrayim, Vayechi Yaakov, Barat Mitzrayim, Shva Asrei Oh, Or just before we start, for those of you who are here, the last page is stapled on backwards. So we're just going to do page... Five before page six, but page five is on the back, just to let you know. Um, so the pasuk says, mm-hmm. He lives there for 17 years. Altogether, he lives 147 years. And this parsha is the uh, climax of his life, so to speak. It's the brachas that he gives over to the Shvatim, his last will and testament. And the pasuk says mm-hmm. in Pasch Haftes, mm-hmm. yisrael lamus, bene yisra- The Yisrael, meaning Yaakov. This Parsha, out of all the partios again, I've alluded to this before, but this Parsha of all the partios, is fascinating to watch Yisrael Yaakov keep switching back and forth and back and forth. When does the Torah call Yisrael, when does the Torah call him Yaakov? But here it says, the first Pesach, Vayechi Yaakov, this is where he lived, and all of a sudden, Vayikrivu Yimei yisra, y- Yisrael Amos. Vayikrivo Yisrael Amos. Vayom Elohim, no matasichem b'nechas, em'no yachatachas, yoyechi, swear to me that you'll bury me in Eretz Canaan. But it says Vayikrivu Yimei Yisrael Amos. Asks the Zohar, how many days does a person die on? Vayikrivu Yimei Yisrael Amos. His days should be Yom. Should be Yom, so is the, the Zohar quoted here in the Yostrasatora. Shoala Zoar Kado, Kadosh, Yikurvu Yisra Yeme Yisra el Lamus, Yeme Mashwa Shunrabim. should be only one day. So why is it Yame? says the Zohar Mitaritza Zohar. Kishar line four. Kisha wrote zakadish barachu la sofeh. Obviously, this is a translation, this is always written in Aramaic. Kisha wrote zakadish barachu la sofeh lavru When it's time for a person, acharmeyav asrim, call osan ha'yamim, sheniskayim ha'adam ali admus, crave him lavne akadish barachu, vinechnasim bechajbin. At the end of a person's life, all the days of that person's life accompany the person and go with the person. And gather with the person. They come close with the person for judgment. Halavai. Every one of our days comes with us. Every day is full of Torah, full of something constructive, full of a mitzvah, full of a chesed. We're writing a book. Our life is a book. And every, day, every page of that book is another day of our life. And the Zohar is telling us that every day and every page has to be filled properly with Torah. And that's what it means, it comes close. The Yid HaKadosh, before he used to go to sleep, he used to think about his day. And if he didn't think he had enough mitzvahs, he didn't think he had enough, enough chesed, he used to take some money out of his pocket and put it on the side. One more mitzvah today. One more. Chapp in before he goes to sleep. One more. I'm going, to, I'm going to learn a little bit for two minutes before I go to sleep. I'm exhausted. You know what? Let me just read a passage with a Rashi. Just a little bit because I want, I want to get another day in there. Vayikravu Yisrael. The days of Yaakov Avinu. The days of Yisrael. accompany with him. L'vicha may b'sadikim Lashon Rabin. Vayikravu yimei are days have to come with us. And then he quotes, I looked it up, the Grand Mishle quotes the Zohar, that what do you mean our days have to be full? Fascinating. asilavo. as we head up to Shemayim, you know the first Malach that we meet? The Grah quotes another Zohar that says, the Malach that taught us Torah in the womb. We meet that Malach. And the Malach says, no, you get it back, no, I gave you I gave you a chance to be a male. I gave you a chance to, to work for it. I gave it to you to give you that natural connection. You get it you get it back? He's waiting for us. He's waiting for us to live our days, to bring every day. And finally he quotes an amazing story. This definitely is a story for the Shabbos table. Remoshale misasuv. So in the second the second part of it. Where he quotes he was a traveler. And he went away, collecting funds for a yeshiva, another mitzvah, and he went and used to travel. So one time he came back and his kids, obviously, what's the first thing children say when they see? oh, I missed you, Abba. No, what'd you bring me? What'd you bring me? Which suitcase is it in? What'd you bring? What'd you bring me? He's like, what do you mean what I bring you? I was away on Natsar He says, no, you were away for so long. It was a longer trip than usual. You were away for so long. What'd you bring us? What'd you bring us? And all of a sudden, the Rebbe faints on the floor. Mm-hmm. He faints on the floor. He tries to him. Well, what, ha- what happened? He's di- dehydrated. He had a long trip. They wake him up. His wife wakes him up. Throws some water on him. What happened? What's the matter? See, he says, he says, I was listening to my kids scream at me. What'd you bring me? What'd you bring? You were away for so long. What do you have with you? What'd you bring? And all of a sudden, I had a vision of La'asilavo. the Asrim. I'm going to be asked new, what'd you bring me? What'd you bring me? What'd you come with? What's in your suitcases? What kind of days did you bring? What did you bring? Because I fainted. It says, The days... Because we have to pack it in to every one of the days when we have those exhausting days and we think back, there were 42 parts to it, and we did this chesed, and we did this carpool. Because every time we do a carpool, we're maybe, not to say we're fulfilling a mitzvah per giving our children up a proper upbringing, and then we bought food for Shabbos, and then we did this, and we did this chesed, and we cooked, and we did everything. It's great, we think about it. We have to think back, we're filling our days with something constructive filling our days with Torah, filling our days with Chesed, because when we're asked the question, "Knew what would you bring me? We want to say, I brought you tons. I brought you tons. I brought you many, many, many days, many full days. Gets the ball rolling. If we continue back in the first Aliyah of the Parsha, in the first section, so Yisrael, as he's called, asks his son Yosef to to um, swear to him, right, like Avram Avinu did to his servant Eliezer, you shall do chesed M S. this is where the source of chesed shal M S comes from, kvura, the mitzvah burial is called a chesed shal emes, many, many, Chaver um, um, Kadisha societies are called chesed shal M S societies, because that kvura is called chesed shal M S. why is it a chesed shal emes? because a chesed that you know you're not going to get anything back for, or burying an individual, that individual is not going to give me anything back. That's why it's the ultimate Chesed Shalemis. Every other Chesed might have ulterior motives. Why am I doing this? Because I hope you'll do it back for me next week. But Chesed Shalemis Kfura. There's, not, there's not, nothing going back. So that's why it's called Chesed Shalemis, based on this pasuk. Don't bury me in Mitzrayim. Rather, what should you do? I will lie with my fathers. I will lie with my fathers. What does that mean? Unclear. What does it mean he's going to lie with his fathers? How would you translate that? So pastors, that means, when do you lie with your fathers? When you're buried. That's when you're lying with your fathers. But look at the next phrase. Unis sasani And then bury me, carry me from Mitzrayim, ukfartani b'kvurah And bury me in their kvurah in Marasa machpelah. Ba Yomar and Esa, Yosef answers, Anochi etzeket varecha. Fine. And he swears to him. Yisrael roshamita, And Yaakov bows down. Va'yishtacha Yisrael al roshamita. Right, this is the fulfillment of the dream that even the, the sun and the moon are, are bowing down. Yaakov Avinu bows to, to uh, Yosef. But what the, let's just learn a pshah, learn a phrase. What does it mean for Shechaf Avosai? Because if you say it means, bury me, then the passage out of order. Because what does it say? Bury me and then carry me from Yisraim? So it should be, and he says Kfar Tani in the last phrase of the Pesach. So what does that phrase mean? We hear it over and over again. So what does Rashi say? Rashi is bothered by this By this Rashi says uh, Rashi, the end of Pesach Lamed, I'm sorry, I I'm sorry, I skipped. Rashi's bothered by our question. You can't say this, this means bury me in the Marah. It says right afterwards, carry me from Egypt and bury me there. So the first phrase can't mean bury me. So what does it mean? V'od means the death. When I lie with my fathers, it's not meant to be literal, says Rashi. Like David Hamelach, Ishkav David im Avusav, the Acherkach biir David. You find by David HaMelech as well, who the Haftorah this week's Haftorah is the last days of David Hamelach, parallel to the, the last um, years of of Yaakov Avinu. So it says Rashi, v'shachafti im means it's a figurative. I'm going to be with my fathers. I'm going to die. That's the gevira. That's what Rashi says. If you look at the Svarno, Svarno is a different shot. Source number two, bottom left. Vishachavtiyam avosai. Inyan shrivas hameisem avosav. Hu hanachas mitas hameis. Be makom ha mispaid. Visivuv avosai means, lie me down in the place where you are going to eulogize me. That's what Yaakov is saying. Give me a proper eulogy. Vishachavtiyam <laughs> Or he's not commanded to get. Vishachavtiyam. He's saying, this is what is going to occur. But just to know what the phrase means the machlokas be shown him, Rashi says it means he's going to die. Here, the Rasvarno says, no, it means that he has placed me in the place where he's going to have a Hespit as the psukim describe and the Gemara expands upon, that all the kings came around and took part in this, because Yaakov Avinu. Right? The, the, the famine stopped because of Yaakov Avinu. So it says, it means that. Put me down in the place, literally. So the Svarno takes it literally. Lie me down with my fathers. Lie me down, but in the place where the Hespit is going to occur. But But then it's, why is it with my fathers? So right, it's not live with my fathers. You have to say, maybe as you did to my fathers. Im avosai, this is the tradition of what's done. We lying with them. They're they're not there right now, but you're right. It's a little more difficult. What does it mean, im avosai? And finally, a third shot. Rashi, the Svarno, and finally the Chizkuni. The Chizkuni says, Unus ni mitzrayim. I'm sorry, let's start from the beginning. Avosai says the Chizkuni, it's literal. Yaakov was first buried in Mitzrayim. It's a machlokas as we shown him about this. That's what the Chizkuni says. He was buried in Mitzrayim and then he was exhumed and taken up to Eretz Kenan. U'be'eize enyashet tisani mimitzrayim u'kfartani b'kvurasam. V'shachati you'll bury me now, but make sure don't leave me there. Don't leave me there. As Rashi says later on in the the Torah, I don't want them to worship me. I don't want to be eaten by the the plagues that are going to occur in this land. So put me down, but then only temporarily. U'kfartani b'kvurasam. They say, v'shachati b'kavar b'mitzrayim u'nusasani mimitzrayim she'bitchi lo hayanikvar b'mitzrayim. Where do you know this from? It's a Gemara. It's a Gemara that the other we showed him don't point out. But there's a halacha that we learn from the fact that Yaakov seemed to have been buried in Mitzrayim before he was carried up. Where the Nazir, as it says at the end of Mesach Nazir, it's also quoted in Baba Basra. Hamotsi mace mushkav lovest fusaso. if we find a nifta or a mace on the road. So then we not only take him to bury; we take a certain amount of earth around where he is. Where do you know that from? Where do you know the halacha from? Same thing we, when we're you have to exhume someone. Sometimes we take somebody to bring him to Eretz Yisrael. right? So do we take a certain amount of earth around. Where do you know that from? Hechida Amrav Amr what's the pasik? Our pasik. Unisasani Mi Mitzrayim, carry me from Egypt, to imi. Take with me from Eretz Mitzrayim. That's a halacha. You learn that halacha. You learn it now from this pasuk. Mitzrayim. says the Chizkuni. How could we learn that halacha if Yaakov wasn't buried there? Yaakov must have been buried because you learn the halacha of taking a certain amount of earth around the niftar, around the around the mace from Yaakov Avinu. Mitzrayim. So says the Chizkuni. The simplest interpretation, even though Chazal don't. Emphasize it. They don't make a big deal about it. They just, this is the halacha. But if you look at the the Pasuk in Chumash, so it gives a whole new light to what happened. What happened? Says the Chizkuni, they buried Yaakov in Mitzrayim. That's the simplest interpretation of Vishachavtiyim Avosai. And then, however long, 30 days, whatever it is, Vishachavtiyim Avosai, and then, Unasasasadim in Mitzrayim, and they were buried Bikfuratam. So you just have one phrase in the Torah, and three understandings of what it means. Rashi, and the Svarno, and the Chizkuri. Okay, continuing. Next, Perek. Perek Memches Pasuk Aleph. After these things, meaning after the shvuah, he swore to bury his father in, uh, to at least the eternal burial will happen in Eretz Canaan. Yosef Yosef was told, your father is sick. He takes and Ephraim, he quickly goes, the limousine, whisks himself, whisks him and uh, his two sons to, um, to his father's bedside. Just to introduce the next vart. Why do we say Gesundheit and God bless you after one sneezes and not after one coughs or yawns or makes any other sounds? After you sneeze. Anyone ever think about that? Sorry? Oh, as we'll see, it's from a medrash right here. It's from a medrash. Right here. This is the source of it. We never think about it. But we're going to see the reason right now. Think, why do people say God bless you? We think about that? We say God bless you when somebody sneezes. What if somebody coughs? We just tell them to be quiet. Right? We know that you sneeze, you can't control a cough. No, mm, mm. Cover your mouth. Right? So, what's the difference? So it's based on a Pirkei de Rebo Lazar. Pirkei de Lazar is a very ancient text that we have. It was recorded even before Rebo and It was written before the Mishnayis. It might be the first, the earliest Torah Shabbat that we have written down. Pirkei de Rashi quotes it all the time. Fascinating. Adding into the stories in the Torah um, is the Pirkei de Lazar, The Chizkuni, second Chizkuni of the night, quotes it verbatim. Source 4 on the bottom. on the bottom of the page. From the day that the world was created, up until now, up until Vayachi, nobody ever sneezed and lived through it. Nobody ever lived through a sneeze. Allah, <laughs> what happened until Yaakov? Bechal Makom Shahaya, O Whenever it was that time of one's life, and the Malachamaves was ready, wherever they were, in the market. In the field, on the court, Vahaya Otesh, Yotza. That's how people used to die. They sneezed, that was it. That was it. That's how people died. Meaning, there was no such thing as getting sick. There was no such thing as Rahman al the degenerative process. There was no such thing. People slow down, right? Zakain Baba Yamim. We get the impression, we get the feeling of the Torah that Abraham became old. Age, but not sickness. So up until that time, that was it. Somebody sneezed, and that was it. Baruch Dynamis. Ad sheba Yaakov, ubikish rachamim masos. Yaakov Avinu turns to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and says, "Hashem, it's not, it's not, it's not the way we can do it. We need, we need some warning. We need some time. Amar l'afnei Hakadosh Baruch Hu, rebonish alolam. Al tikach nafshimi meni yachat zav el besi el banaiv I have to get my my life in order." I have to get everything ready. No warning, just a sneeze and that's it. Yaakov says, please, please, give me a way to know that the time is closing in. And Hashem answers him. After these things, Yaakov got sick. Nobody got sick before in the Torah. People were killed, but nobody got sick. Yaakov was the first one. All the other kings heard about it. They started shaking. There was never such an occurrence. Somebody got sick? What does that mean? This is why, says the Perkid Reb Lazar, That is why, says the Perkid Reb that a person who sneezes, not the other people in the room, they have to say, God bless me. You have to thank, a person who sneezes has to thank godish Baruch Hu thanks for letting me live through that sneeze. That's the picket of the buzzers, but obviously that is the extension of that is why H going back thousands, thousands of years. God bless you. A big discussion in Shulchan and and Can you say God bless you in the middle of learning? Let's see your Chavrusa sneezes. You're in the middle of learning. You've got to stop. Even for a second to say God bless you. Are you allowed to say that discussion Not Halavai? We should be on the level that we're so mocked about every second. But that's what it was. They don't waste a second in the base manager. So you have to talk about it. Are you allowed to say God, you"? say God bless you? They can't say God bless you. They can talk about are you allowed to say God bless you? They can talk about the Halakha question. But that's uh, the Kiskuni. One thought of Lumbis based on this Pirken Debal Azar and one thought of Musar. One Lumbis and one Musar. First the Lumbis. I gave it to you from uh, thought in the Mayana Shal Torah in source number 5. Turning over. The Gemara Bar Mitzio also says this in short, that Yaakov Avinu was the first one to get sick. Nemar BeGemara. Source number 5. Hari Beginning of Masechah Psachim says that if we are the bearer of evil tidings, we're not supposed to say it explicitly. We're not supposed to bring the, the, bring the, the, the bearer of bad news. We're not supposed to say it supposed to say it. Say something that, it could mean something else, but they'll figure it out. So that the person will understand. The Gemara says at the beginning of Psach and where somebody asks, so somebody who hasn't been with his parents for a long time, he says, is my father? Is my father um, okay? So the person answers, your mother's okay. Is my mother okay? Your father's okay. He did give him a straight answer. He realized both his parents had died, right? He didn't say it. He, the Amor didn't say it explicitly, but he just said your father know your mother, your mother know your father. He didn't say it directly. If that is true, asks the Kodesh Hilulim, Madua Markana Shliach Yosef right? According to Chazal, the Shliach was Menashe. Maybe he, he was always the Shliach that Yosef sent on his missions. So how could he have said it? Your father's sick! What do you mean? Don't say your father's sick! But what should he said? Your, your brothers are very healthy. Right. The same like the Gemara says. He should have said, would have understood, Oh, my father's sick, I gotta go visit him. Ah. Oh, that's how Chazal knew that Yaakov was the first one to get sick. Because there was never such a thing in the world before. If the shliach would have told Yosef, your brothers are fine, what would Yosef have thought? My father's dead. This is the source for the Perket Derbal How was, How do we know that Yaakov was the first one? Because the Torah records it. Maybe there was somebody else in the world. No, that's the point. The fact that the shliach said it, Beferish, He chale, that showed, because he couldn't have said, your brothers are okay. If you would have said, your brothers are okay, Ayveh, he's would have talked Kriya. Would have lo He would have said the brothers are healthy. Masik, my father's dead, and therefore he had to see That's the source. That's how you know because Yosef wouldn't have figured it out. That's the Dvar Lamedes. Then the Dvar Musr. The Dvar Musser I heard on a tape, but also I saw a friend has it printed in his sefer on Chumash. I once heard a radio newscaster comment on an air disaster. Thank heaven they never knew what hit them. When a bomb goes off on an aircraft at 30,000 feet, Rahman there is no time to think. You're just dead in an instant. They never had a chance to think, yikes, I'm about to die. They were spared the pain and anguish of looking death in the face. Boom, just like that. Says Rabbi Friend, I suppose that's one way of looking at it, but that's not the Jewish way. The Pirkei Dermaz describes the Jewish way. Terminal illness may be painful, but at least it gives person a warning that he's about to depart from this world. He is forewarned that he must tie up the loose ends. A person to have the ability to say a Shema Yisrael, that's worth all the, everything. Yaakov Avinu Davind! Don't do it in an instant. Rachman, we're not talking about asking Hashem for pain. That's not what this is saying. But it's saying that there's a bracha to have warning. There's a bracha to try to make make an impact and what the time that I have left, what could I use it for? That's a bracha, whether it's five minutes, whether it's an hour, whether it's 25 years, whether it's months, to make a cheshbid ha-nefesh. A person leaving this world must make a cheshbid ha-nefesh taking spiritual stock of his life, what he has accomplished and what he has failed to accomplish. What does he want to impart to his children? Right. Some of you might have seen on uh, the book, Somebody gave it to me this summer. The last lecture, is that what it's called? The last lecture that somebody, Rahman Al-Islan, was a man who was sick, a teacher who prepared this whole lecture, what mussar he could give. He knew he was, he was dying. So somebody who has that time to think about you know, what is going to happen, that's a bracha. Yaakov Avinu asked for that. We believe he must do chuba for his transgressions and shortcomings and prepare his soul for the next world, review all of his outstanding obligations and make sure he has discharged them properly, leave instructions to his children and household how much how much he has to do. A lifetime of activity calls for a lot of wrapping up. A person who is struck by a bus and never knows what hit him will never have the opportunity to bring his life to a fitting conclusion. And he continues, he quotes a whole lawsuit that certain lawyers had when the challenger, the spaceship, blew up, there was a whole question, did they know beforehand? Did they know? And once they they listened to tapes and they heard them say, "Uh uh-oh, right beforehand, from the tapes, so the lawsuit became even more. Oh, the anguish! That second of anguish! Oh, we're going to sue you even more. Cesar by Fran, in the last paragraph, he sums it up. For those who believe that death is the end, blissful ignorance at the moment of death is perhaps preferable to a few moments of agony. But for those who believe in the immortality of the soul, death is just the next step to the next world. In punishment and reward of the next world and an eternal afterlife, a few precious moments of preparation are priceless indeed. A very serious thought, but something that goes to the heart and the core of Yahadus. This is a pruzdhar, as Perkayabo says. A prusdar in front of the trochland. It's a hallway. It's a preparatory stage. And for any last moment of the preparatory stage... We'll give anything. The Chavetz Chaim writes, I didn't give it to you, but the Chavetz Chaim writes, there's a Gemara in and Psachim. And that, let's just go back for a second. That's why Yaakov Avinu, David for this moment, he didn't want it to be sudden. He wanted the time. He wanted the time in order to take it seriously and to prepare. The Gemara in Brachas tells us that if somebody's having trouble focusing on Avodas Hashem, they should learn Torah. And if that doesn't work, they should do, say, Kriyashman. If that doesn't work, they should do this. The last line, if, it, if nothing works... Yaz kirlo, Yom HaMisa. You should remember the day of death. Ask the Chafetz Chaim, what do you mean Yom HaMisa? Kir Misa. What do you mean Yom HaMisa, the day of death. Remember death. That we're, all, we're all finite. 120 years. Says the Chavitz Chaim, no, no. What's going to get a person to focus? What's going to get us to focus? Let's say a doctor comes and tells us. Let's say the Malchamavis, like some, some some. The Gemara tells the story of Moron. The Malchamavis once came to Rabbi Yishev and Levi, Gwaring Subis. It's time. He says, "I need a month to chazer. And He says, "Okay." Goes he chases. comes like a month later so okay, Now I'm ready. I chaser all my Torah. He needed a month to Chazer. So not all of us get that uh, that uh, that flexibility. Rabbi Yishev and Levi, there was never a rainbow in his day because they were on such a high level. So he gets that. He gets that. Um, he gets that. But says the if somebody says there's a certain amount of time. Yom. Later today I'm coming back. What would that day be like? What would the day be like? What would we do? So if I was in another religion, maybe I'll go have a couple of drinks. Maybe I'll get in my last my last game. Maybe I'll whatever it is. Other folk at the last time I'm getting such a such a pleasure. But what does a Jew do? Yasker Lo Yom Hamisa. What's that day gonna be like? Every second is gonna be used. So valuable, so precious. Preparing, because a Jew prepares. We're preparing. It's not just you might as well use it for the last couple hours. No, this is the beginning of something. It's not the end of something. It's the beginning of something, and that's Yaakov Avinu. He ne'avi When we hear those three words this Shabbos, should make a shake because he davened for that, and this is what the gifts that he has given us that we have the idea of sickness and warning, again, not always, but warning before, before the moment comes. Okay, moving right along. Brachas, many brachas in this week's parsha. Many brachas. One bracha, the famous brachas are to the Shvatim. If you could call them brachas. Some of them don't really look like brachas. We'll touch on that soon. But before that, before the brachas of the 12 Shvatim, we have the brachas to Ephraim and Menashe. As the Pussek says, Yosef brings his sons and Perak Mem hey, your two children will be like Reuben and Shimon to me. And he continues after Shani, he switches the hands. Yosef positions his children with the Bachor on Yaakov's right and the. The younger son of Freiman Yaakov's left, and we know the story. Yaakov switches his hands. Not for now. Why didn't he switch the kids? why did he switch his hands? It's a question. But he switches his hands, and he gives him a bracha. <speaking in Hebrew> Good. Four questions. Four questions from the Mishkan Bitzalor, Bitsalo rodinsky Four questions. Number one. Biparsha Seinu Matua, our source number eight. Eksha Yosef Davies, Banavaka, Bracha Mi Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu, Shekel Yodav, Yosef, Tamal Doverzeh. He switched his hand, Yosef wonders, what's going on? Yaakov says, no, 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 Ephraim's greater. Menashe is awesome, but Ephraim's greater. So I'm giving him, he's the younger son, but you know what? He's getting my right hand. Line four. How could Yaakov Avinu do that? Menashe is great, but Ephraim's better. I'm giving him my right hand. How could he do that? Did he not yet learn his lesson? There is a little mystery that some affirmation bring up. Did Yaakov ever find out how Yosef got to Mitzrayim? Did he? All the conversations we have about it is between Yosef and the brothers. right? The brothers say, no, 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 you, the, Abba said you're not allowed to be, harm us. But they made up that story. So did they make up a story? Did Yosef play along with it because he didn't want to get his brothers in trouble? Interesting question. But either way, let's assume that he did. But he showed favoritism years ago. Didn't that lead to all the trouble? And all of a sudden, right before he dies, what? All right, Ephraim, you're the younger son, I'm giving you favoritism. How can he do that? Question one. Yaakov, Ephraim. In Yosef Kasha number one. Kasha number two. Famous question. Why do we say every Friday night, those who have the Minagur, or Erev Yom Kippur, whenever it is, Yesim Chalokim... Out of all the people in Tanakh, or even in the Torah, how about Yisrib HaLakim ke V'Yitzchak? be Not good enough. Avram Yitzchak be What did I say? Freyim be Yitzchak? That's a slip of my former shul, Ephraim Yitzchak. Yisrib HaLakim ke Avraham be Right? Avram yitzchak. What do you mean, Ephraim and Nothing against Ephraim and but they're not the others. Right? Sar Rivka Rechavalea? So why not? Question two. Question three. Question three. Um, line 19. If Ephraim is greater, what do we need two for? If he was the greater one, we have to do second best also. So isn't it favoritism? Why do we pick Ephraim and Menasheh? Why don't we just do Ephraim and not Menasheh? And finally... Another question on the whole parsha, which relates to this, the brachas that Yaakov gave to the Shvatim. As the Torah says later on, all the Shvatim were there when each shaved got their bracha. Each respected bracha. All the Shvatim were there. Yehuda was there when Reuven got his bracha. Zvulun was there when Don when got his bracha. Everybody was there. But if you look at some of the brachas, they're not so blessing-like. For example, Reuven's, Shimon's, Kamaim Altosar, it's a description of his personality, which is all alluding to the fact that he lost the Bakorah. So again, how did Yaakov do that? Nita'er, look at line 29. Nita'ir says R Bitsala. Nita'ah's main, think about it. Sha'av Balel Shabbat, one Friday night, a father, Maskhilwa says Musul a kolakharvech, he starts going, you know, uh Myshalah, you had a terrible week. You know, how can you do that? Avi, wonderful, amazing. What's he doing in front of all the shvatim? What's he doing? on his guests at the table. What's his problem? What's he doing? He's insulting them. So to answer these four questions, maybe we'll ask one more question, and that's really the beginning of the answer. It's a medrash pleya. Medrash pleya, as we say, two things put together in a medrash, maha kesher, between the ideas let just play the Chazam Sofer brings second column. Chazam Sofer Mitar eich she'asav amar liyakov she'ishloam mitzvahs kibud avayim. is boasting to Yaakov that there is one mitzvah that he does better than Yaakov, and that's Kibar avayim. We know Asav put on his Shabbos clothes. We discussed weeks ago the question that he asked Meiser on Mayim and and, and Teven. So Asav's like, I'm going to Olam Haba. I got a mitzvah above you. I got a mitzvah above you. Yaakov, I'll make you a deal. you take me along with you or you come, I'm slapping you down? Because i got something up on you. So, which is it? What did Yaakov answer? No, Esav, I love you. You don't love me. End of the mantras. What is that supposed to mean? Esav says, I have Kibadav Eimab over you. So you have to either take me to Ganeda with you or I'm going to slap you to Gehenim. Yaakov says, no, I love you, Esav. What does that mean? says but I'll keep it away. Says the Mishkan mitzala. Atter is the cholanavu and this is his Gavos taking many questions, answering it in one fell swoop. She'e efsho lazako's but over my babish believe mitzvas avas hazulas. It is impossible to go to olam hava, to get to merit the full zechus um, that we could get if we don't have Avas Yisrael we don't love our fellow Jew I have to be such a team player that I'm not in it for my own zechuyos if you ask one of those few humble sports stars how was your game you had an awesome game amazing what? I just did it for the team yeah, no, I, I just did it for the team. You know, it's all about the team. I don't really care about my own stats. I did it for the team. Even if they say that, they probably don't mean it so much. But let's say, but that's that's how every Jew has to feel. I did it for the team. I'm in it for the team. Yaakov, <speaking in Hebrew> yeah, you know what Yaakov tells Esav? You did care of aim, but it's worthless because you go around killing people. You're a rotsayach. Yeah, I love you. You know what that means? I'm going to get your schulias. I'm gonna get your schuyos because I'm a team player, and if I'm a team player, we're very different. You may, maybe regarding this mitzvah you're better than me, but you know what? I'm gonna to get to your. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take your schuyos with me because I love you and I have the mitzvah of kibud aim. Says the Chidda, line 19. and Menash and Ephraim were the firsts. They also were team players. They each had kochos. They had special kochots. Menashe, this is elsewhere, other sources also. Menashe was, has, had political prowess. That's why he was the one that was always, in, he was the Maturgamon, and he was the one that sent messages. He was involved with Yosef in the worldly areas. Ephraim, he was a Tamil chacham. He sat alone with his grandfather. He was the first one that we have in Tarshav B'chassav that we know, learned with a grandfather and a grandson that talked to each other. Rav points that out. The first grandfather-grandson that said something to each other is Yaakov and Ephraim. Yaakov and Ephraim. See, he had his Kohos. Menashe is his Kohos. Ephraim is his Kohhos. You know what? They worked together. They were a team. If you have that kind of relationship that Menasheh and Ephraim had, there's no basis for jealousy. There's no basis for Yaakov knew he didn't have to be worried. Because they each knew their tafkid. They each knew. That I'm in this series. That Okay, you're the Tamar Chacham. You're the Ephraim. I realize. I, am I He's giving me a bracha too, so I have his left hand. Okay, I'm not jealous. They're a team. And that's why we don't just say Ephraim. Because the message we're giving to our children, when we give them a bracha, be like Menashe and Ephraim. Realize each of you have wonderful, tremendous, unique kohos. Not like anybody else in this family. There's Menashe's, there's Ephraim's, there's Menashe's, there's Ephraim's. Everybody is Kochos, but everybody, that's why it's Menashe and the Ephraim. It's the team. It's the team. That's why you say both of them. And that's why you pick them. More than Av- Avram and Yitzchak wouldn't teach us that message. Neither would any of the Shvatim who did have kina, Who did have Kinnah. Madua. that's why the Torah chose Menashe and Ephraim. And the other questions, that's why all the br- brothers had to be there by everybody's bracha. Yes, it's, a little insulting to some of the Shvatim, but really it's saying this is your personality. Work with it. Channel it. This is who you are. And every Shevet should realize that every Shevet is unique. Not one Shevet got another one's bracha. Or description. Everyone is unique. Everyone has their own kochos. Line 28. Just Parenthetically, by the way, this is the thought that you could say at any simcha. At any simcha, when you want to talk about the parents, the Baal Simcha. Right? Say this vart, and the chinach that they give is like every child has their unique kohos, their unique chinach, pidarko. They're the Ephraim, the Menaches, this family epitomizes this bracha. Get into it. Right? So this is a good back pocket vart. You can say any, any time of the year. The bracha that we give to our children every Friday night, doesn't have to be Parshish I any any uh, Friday night, but it's it's a uh, it's a wonderful thing to say at a simcha or any any shops. That's the Mishkan Batsala. A parallel thought is said by Rabbi Yaakov, Yaakov Kamenetsky. We'll just do it quickly in source number ten. Rabbi Yaakov says this in many places in many contexts. It is safer emes, Yaakov. We said this. If you look back to your notes in parshas Bamidbar. He says, as a by midbar by the Degalim, every Degal symbolizes the different Kishronos of a Shevet. But here he says the same idea uh, exactly um, that the Mishkan B'zalos said. Klal Yisrael l'fi Lorna eleven l'fi b'chavez Avinu. He's answering the question why they all have to stand there. Echad, shum Jews aren't meant to have the type of Achdus that everybody thinks alike. That's impossible. Ella Adaraba Tafkidam Hu Lichios Shvatim We have to live together as twelve Shvatim. That's why I'll Kabbalah, twelve windows in a shul. Because we're all different, and all of our tefilas go through a different shahr and shamayim, based on whatever Shaivat we are in, and it goes to Akadosh Baruch Hu. There's not one window. Every it has their unique connection to Akharish Barakhu. Ruva and Shimon Levi Every shavet. Why 12? Does Levi get a window? I'm not sure to fry him. Okay, it's a kasha, exactly. Which, which, who are the 12? Either way, Kodesh bracha works it out. But kol echav v'tafkidu so that's what it means. What's achdus? 12 shvatim, unified. Not one shavet. Kol echav v'tafkidu haishi, aval nifrat And that's Yaakov Avinu, giving each one of them a bracha, each one of them a unique talent, and ability. That is what the brachos, that is what the brachos are about. And everybody has to be there to hear it. Okay, that's for Yaakov, in source number ten. Moving right along. Sorry, the machanas, right the machanas. That's where he says it. That's where he says that the Torah is in the middle, and all the Degalim are around. That's where we said Pashut LeMibar. That's where he says. It. Okay, moving right along to let's talk about some of the brachas themselves. Source eleven, which is here on the back page. They're just, just stapled wrong. A positive we spoke about in a different shear. But I just wanted to add on a thought, once we're in the Rabbi Yaakov world. Add on a thought. Let's talk about the bracha of Yehuda. Yehuda gets the bracha, maybe the first bracha. The earlier ones weren't really brachos. Yehuda. Achecha, right? You're gonna be the leader, the ruler. Gur Arya Yehuda, Rashi, on all of these psukim. Kimat, every Shevet, has somebody in Tanakh that is alluded to based on this Pasuk. Rashi says, this Pasuk, oh, alludes to the Gidon. And this Pasuk, it alludes to Shimshon. This Pasuk refers everybody. So we can get to Chazer Tanakh on, uh, with uh, Rashi's in this week's parasha. So the Pasuk says in Pasuk Yud, Lo yaser Shevet mi Yehuda, umechokek mi ben raglav. The Shevet, the staff, shall never leave Yehuda, umechokek, and the ruling stick, mi ben raglav, arki shiloh all the way until the times of Shiloh, which is Mashiach, Veloyi Kasamin. Lo yaser Shevet mi Yehuda. So we spoke about in a the Shita of the Ramban. On this pasik, which I did not give you, I'll just remind, uh, remind ourselves and, uh, and say it over. The Ramban is a long discussion on L'Oyaz HaShavim Yehudah. The Ramban thinks that L'Oyaz HaShavim Yehudah is a command. Is a command for anyone outside of Sheva Yehuda not to be a Melech. Not to be a king, Malchus is only Shevet Yehuda. Malchus based David. Lo Yasser Shevet Yehuda. It cannot leave Shevet Yehuda. If anybody becomes a king other than Yehuda, they are in violation of this Pasuk. Says the Ramban in his commentary right here, all the line of Malcha Yisrael in Sefer Melachim were ruling in sin. Maybe the first one was a punishment. Yeruvam. Maybe the first one, the second one. But after that, they should have all gone back. Says the Ramban, Tamalcha Yehuda. You don't need a whole line. That whole line was living in was was ruling in sin. Well mi Yehuda. And says the Ramban. Says the Ramban the Right? This is what we spoke about in on The Khashmoim, who are right, Kohanim, Khashmonoi Ka Gadol. They were kings. Yes, they were kings and they were wrong. They should have won the war and then stepped aside and given it over to somebody from Shevet Yehuda to be the kings. And that's why the Ramban continues. they were punished. That's why there was no Chashmonaim left. But that was what the Ramban. That's the Ramban. The question though, that we didn't deal with then, that we're dealing with now, says Rabbi Yaakov, we have no record in Chazal of any other Jew protesting the Chashmonaim. We have no record of that. we have no record of somebody trying to say no? No, put him as the leader. Put him as the leader. He's from Yehuda. Says Rabbi Yaakov Tamua, where it's underlined. In If the chashmanoim really sinned, Lahem Why didn't the Chacham of that time say something? Limloch. Why did they? We have no record that anybody protested. <laughs> they didn't know this? So there are other, there's a way to answer it and say, there are other Rishonim that don't agree with the Ramban. We discussed that then. But says Rabbi Yaakov, there's another idea. And this is an idea that we discussed way back last year in Parsha's bow, but Rabbi Yaakov says it again. <laughs> what I've already said elsewhere, Parsha's bow. <laughs> and I brought Raius to this. Ki bayis chila lo noad says to Yaakov, the second base HaMegdash was never supposed to be eternal. And they knew that. The Moran Yuma tells us there were five major elements of the base HaMegdash that were lacking in bayis sheini. The ur didn't exist. The Choshe didn't light up in Bayasheni. The special age that came down from Shemayin didn't exist in Bayasheni. The Gemara and Yuma tells us the story that there was still Zekanim, elders that were alive in the time of the second Besam that remembered what the first Besam looked like and when they, when they had a, the, the ceremony of entering into the of Bayasheni, they were crying. This is a Besam Migdash. This is what you call a Besam Migdash. We remember the first Besam Migdash. Says Rebbe Yaakov, even at that time they knew that Bayisheini wasn't eternal. Klomar, at least to the chachamim, maybe not to the average hamonam, but the chachamim knew that it wasn't eternal. No Why was it there? It was a stopgap measure that we needed because without Bayisheini, we would have just totally assimilated into Bavel. We would not have survived as a nation if we didn't have those 420 years with the base of Megdash. We needed it for the gallus, ha'arukah, the long galus that was going to follow. We needed a little bit more chizuk, kind of like recharging our battery. We needed it, or else we'd run out. It was preparation for the galus that we still um, suffer from it. Interesting, it doesn't mention it, but it is a machlokas rishonim. Somebody asked me about this last week. Did they observe Tisha Bav during bayishani? Did they observe Tisha B'av? Fascinating question. Machlokas, Tosas and the Rambam. Where they observed Tisha B'av during Bayisheni. But maybe it connects to this thought. Why would there be a reason? What do you mean? We have a base of Migdash. What, what, what are we mourning for? The answer is because this isn't a base of Migdash. It is, but it isn't. They knew it wasn't eternal. Right after the what happened? one hundred and fifty years later, wrote the Mishnah. These were all measures that we needed because of the Gallas that was coming up. and now he says on the top of the next column. So that people don't think this is the ultimate stage, this base Hamigdash, Chazal left certain things, certain halachos, certain realities in a non Yerushalmi base Hamigdash way. That's why they brought the Babylonian months back up with them. Nisan, or Sivan, these are Babylonian names. Why do we have them? Why? Because to remind us. In the Torah, all it says is Rishon, Shani, Shlishi. That's all it says. What are these names for? They brought the Svaz HaGal, it's not Lashon HaKodesh. There was no Aron. There was no Aron. The, the Kodesh kadashim was empty during the second base of Megdash. Because it wasn't real. See, he says maybe that's why the Chachamim did not want to appoint a Melech from Alchus Beis David. Because that would give off the impression that this is a real this is a real time. This is a ge'ula. And it wasn't. So that's why they didn't want to do it. So what should have happened, according to the Ramba Nobody. I mean, nobody. They should have some rulers, but not malachim. Not malachim. But that's why we don't have any sounds from them, suggests Rabbi Yaakov, because it was all in the same idea. Line 15. They took it for themselves. It was neged Yaakov Avinu. But the Chachalim couldn't say anything because they didn't want to appoint a Melech at this time in history. That's Reb Yaakov relating. If you want to review this, there's more. The Reb Yaakov Kamenetsky that we mentioned last year, Parshas Bo, has many other rayas to this idea. Okay, two more thoughts. Two more thoughts. One, Pereg memtes Pasig Yudbeis. memtes Yudbeis, the Pasik continuing, the end of Yehuda's Bracha. I'm not even going to translate that because Rashi translates it in Unkelis. Doesn't really it's hard to translate. Why, those who do unklis, these are the parshas we earn our we earn our keep. Because there he's a real mifarish, not just a matar game, because the words are hard to understand. I just like to talk about the last three words and a Gemara. Uleven shinayim mechalav. The Gemara darshans from that. Uleven shinayim mechalav. The Gemara xub is Look at source number thirteen. Leven shinayim mechalav. I'll take ray leven shinayim. Elo loven shinayim. Don't read it Leban, but loven. The white of teeth. What is the white of teeth mechalav? What does that mean? Amar Ab Yochanan. Third line. Hamalbin shinayim lechaveru. Yoser Mimashkehu If somebody whitens their teeth to their friend, what we call a smile? If somebody smiles at their friend, it's greater than giving him milk. It's better than giving him a drink. Somebody comes into your house, it's better to smile at them than to give him a drink. Smiling. Mishnah Perkayavas, we all know Avim Kabul's upon him isn't it interesting that when we see somebody smiling on the street, we think like they're strange? Mm-hmm. Right? They're smiling, and we say, What happens? You know, why are you so happy? And their answer might just be, it's a mission in Perkayavos. Right? But that usually doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right? And if we know somebody, we know you know one of my Rebeyim, he's always smiling. It's so unique. He's always smiling. But it's a mission in Perkayavos. It's a Gemara in zanet. he's wearing Subis says Rav Salanter, our face is a rishus HaRabim. Our face is a rishus You're not allowed to be Mazik, Rishos Bar Barb, Rishos right? If I leave something dangerous in Rishos that's going to hurt somebody, it's dangerous. says Rav Salanter, our face affects others. When we smile, that affects others. Let's say you walk into a room, everybody's glum. Hmm. Right? So you become glum. What's the matter? So they tell you, oh, okay, I'll be glum too. No. What does the good says? Tov amal b'nshidayim l'chaveiro. yosim are meshkei ochalof. Smiling. It's so easy. You remember who says that in Perkei Who's the author of that Mishnah? It's Shammai. Shammai. Tafkehi says. We think of Shammai, the one who said to the ger, what do you mean? He was Maccabalim, the savior Yafas. He was very strict with this is the halakha. But he says, Maccabalim, called them upon Yafas. That's says it. Revav Yosef, in his commentary on Perkeavos in Source 13, makes two important to Aris on Maccabalim, called them upon Yafas. First of all, he says, if you're Madaic, having Maccabalim is called Ha'adam, the upon Yafas. We have to accept, we have to say hello to the person, Ha'adam. In a totally different context of halacha and halacha of Tum of Atara, which we're not going to get into now, there's a Rabshita of Tosas, Rabbeinu Tam, in Yavamis and elsewhere, that whenever it says Adam in the Torah, it refers to a Jew. Adam right? Tum of Ha Ha'adam even includes non Jews. It says Rabbinavadia, having us call Ha'adam. It even applies to non-Jews. Makabel is kol haadam. doesn't have to do with ben adam al chaveru. It has to do with being a mensh. Makabel if he says where it's antilad gamkitch. I feel a goya ba lefanecha. Yishlakavlo b'sefer panem yafas vlof panem zoafos. Kivon shu bchal haadam. She never betzalam alokim. Avr mavinu sees the malachim. Makabel and b'sefer panem yafas. Number one, number two. He quotes in the second column. At the end, second column at the bottom. Of course, the Rishas Chachma, one of the Kabbalistic works. Hey, we differ Chazal. B'shas p'tiraso shel Adam. After 120, show all the malacham The questions that were asked. Kluma sakte b'Torah b'gimelas chasadim. Did you learn? Did you do chesed? V'him lachtes koncha shachmas va'arvis. Did you say Kriyashma? Him lachtes chavercha b'nachas ruach. And did you treat your friend with nachas ruach? What's the connection? between everything in the first questions. Right? Did you learn Torah? Did you say Kriyashma? And right after that, did you smile at your friend? What's the connection? Says Rabbi El Salanter. Hine Yesh Asher. Turning back the page. Adam, sometimes you find somebody, says Yves you find somebody during during Elul, they're walking around, they're scared, they're on the outside, they're, they're shaking, and he can't talk to anybody. Somebody says hello to him, he doesn't even answer. He doesn't even answer. Says the Says Rabbi Sosalantor, one time it happened on Yilel Yom Kippur, Arab Yom Kippur. One time Rabbi Rabbi Sosalantor says he was going to Shul and he met a Tamar Chacham and he said hello to him and the man hardly even answered him back. Says Rabbi Sosalantor, we're being machmer, our benadam makom. What about our benadam makhavero? Just because we are focusing on one area doesn't mean that we can take away our smile from others. If we're learning, if we have a big day, if I come home exhausted after many shiurim a smile we can't suffer because of the ruchnius to take it out on my friend and just to expand on this idea of a smile I saw in, uh, in Ethics from Sinai which is a beautiful commentary on Perkayavos from Irving Bunim known as one of the Rav Aaron Cutler's right hand man the one who has uh, helped him start the yeshiva So he wrote a commentary on Perkayavos So in there he says, maybe smiling at your friend could be expanded in smiling at the world, having a positive outlook on everything around us, having an optimistic outlook, and the cup being half full and not half empty. Implicit in this dictum in source 15 is a basic Jewish optimism regarding man's future in the world. Do not reject the newborn, fearing that they will overpopulate the globe. Do not assume there will be enough food for, not enough food for all. Do not advocate birth control because you are apprehensive about the depletion of our natural resources. He who provides life also provides sustenance. Shabbos is that the Almighty completed his work of creation. There was a complete world, a great world. Receive all humanity with cheerfulness. The Almighty created the world. He has provided for all its inhabitants. Ratzon. Everything is a perfect world. Everything. Right? The oxygen, the carbon dioxide, everything. People send things out, plants absorb things. Everything goes back and forth and back and forth what an unbelievable, the more you learn science, the more we realize that like, Kodesh created such a perfect world. That's what it means. Makabel is kol adam. Be makabel the world. Have a positive outlook on life and everything around us. So let's work on our smiling. Let's just work on our smiling. Maybe we could take that out of this last this last thought and remember that our, our faces are Rosh Hashanah. One final thought from the Bar Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Misalant. Back to the brachas of Ephraim and Menashe for a minute. Pasik says in Pasuk Chaf, Mem Hey Chaf, Va... Yevarechem. After Yosef, he says, "I know, I know the kids. I know I'm swishing my hands. Yevarechem. ba'yom Yomahu lemar. Bcha Yevarech Yisrael lemar. In you, Bnei Yisrael will bless their kids, Yisimcha l'kim kefrayem b'chemenasha." Says the Ber Yosef. Ber Yosef, Shouldn't it be bchem? In you, Bnei Yisrael will bless their children. Should be bchem. Yevarech Yisrael. He's talking to the two of them, isn't he? Bchem Yevarech Yisrael. Yisimcha l'kim kefrayem b'chemenasha. What do you mean bcha? Says the Bear Yosef. The F-shar, line four five. Who were Ephraim and Manashah? Who were they? Ephraim and Manasha, did they have challenges in their life? They had all the material possessions, nothing to worry about. They were the sons of Yosef. He had everything. No Gashmius worries. Ruchnius, Yosef Atzadik was their father. Yosef A was their Rebbe. Okay, earlier in his life he had some Yetsaharis. But by this time he was Yosef Azadik. He was Yosef Atzadik. So says the says the Ber Yosef. Im K line eleven, Ish Pashuch, and Imsub All of us we're tri- We all have our own Parnassah package, We're trying to keep 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 it going. We have our own Ruchnius package. We try to learn. We try to make a living. We try. How could we compare ourselves to Ephraim and Menashe, who had everything? They had Ruchnius. They had Gashmius. Next column. You like and we can't be like Ephraim and Menashe. They had everything. They never had to work a day in their life, and they had a great- the greatest Rebbe. It says to Ber Yosef, Yaakov is not talking to Ephraim and Menashe. Yaakov is talking to Yosef. Yivarech Yisrael. In you, B'nai Yisrael will say, Yisrael came to Ephraim and Menashe. Why? Because Yosef, you have the challenges. Your brothers threw you out at 17. You were surrounded in a total society, hedonistic society, Mitzrayim, the, what he saw in Mitzrayim, Asia's Potiphar, Yosef overcame. And look who he produced. He produced children who were upgraded to Shvatim. Yosef. The bracha that everybody's gonna give is because everybody has the challenges. Everybody has the challenges in Rukhliz and in Gashmias. But that's why it's Bachah. Because Yosef, in you, people will say you should be like Ephraim and Manasseh because you, Yosef, you were the one that produced them. You were the ones that created them. And with all your challenges, and with all your troubles, and you didn't even know if your father loved you anymore, he didn't contact you for 22 years. So much Yosef went through. And he kept his, his vision, and he remembered Eglar Rufa. Last week, Yosef overcame in you, they will bless their children. Yisimcha I hope we tell our children that you should be like Ephraim and Menashe. I should have the power and the inner fortitude to overcome all the challenges that Kaddish Baruch Hu puts in front of us and produce children like Ephraim and Menashe. Stop here. Chazach, Chazach. And beis Hashem. A new chapter in Tavshin Ayin. Next week, when we get to Pasha Shmos.